The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is Dave Schultz, your host for this evening's program, with an emphasis on mothers during Mother's Day month. And we've got a guest I've had before many times because of the compelling story that she has about her mom and what she did for her. So welcome, Judy Myers. Thanks so much for having me back. We're going to talk about something that is so important to you um, because without a loving, Christian, God-fearing mother, you may never have been here. Would you tell me your story so the listening audience, although they may have heard, some may have heard this before, it's a compelling, loving story, and we need to hear it again. Well, my mom is truly a hero in every sense of the word. Um, she managed to survive an eight-man assault on a street corner in St. Louis. And three months later, she found out she was pregnant. And when she told her parents, to her great surprise, they said they wanted me dead. They wanted her to abort. Now, this is in 1956 when abortion wasn't even legal. And she was shocked, went to the doctor. The doctor even said, oh, I'll take care of it. And she said, you will not take care of it. This is my baby. It is my baby. And she told me that after I met her, um, I was placed for adoption to save me again because she didn't want me around her parents. And she was living with them at the time. She was 22. And when I met her, she told me that story. And I just burst out crying. I didn't know that she was attacked by eight men. I didn't know any of this. And um, she was in a wheelchair in the nursing home. I'm kneeling next to her. When you met, when you saw her first When time. I first met her. Yeah, I was 48 years old. And um, I'm kneeling next to her, and she's telling me the story. And I just burst out crying. And, you know, she just taps me on the shoulder, and she says, Honey, stop your crying. I've forgiven those men. And look what God has done. He has brought you back to me. Wow. Well, if she could forgive them, you know I could forgive them. And then my whole attitude completely changed. She she was a living hero for me. I wouldn't be alive today had she gone along with her parents. If she wouldn't have been so strong, if she wouldn't have just said, no, this is my baby. God gave me this baby. This didn't come from the rape. This is my baby. Part of me. And... I, obviously, I'm forever indebted to her. So you were raised by um, an adoptive parents then. Were they loving parents? They were very loving. Um, my adopted mother had some physical um, problems that caused uh, mental anguish. You know, she was in a lot of pain. And so, and in those days, you know, the kind of way that you raise a child wasn't necessarily seen as abuse, whereas today, you know, you think, oh, that's abuse. But no, they they loved me, and I was a daddy's girl till the day he died. When you think back upon just those days, 
Um, did you ever have questions to ask of your birth mother if she knew anything about where you came from, or did she just kind of keep that quiet all You mean my adopted mom? I mean your adopted mom. No, I was um, told from the very beginning that I was adopted. In fact, they made me feel very, very special. They said you had two sets of parents. You know, you were so special, and you were so loved. And they said that my birth mom, they were told that she had died giving birth because... Sadly, this agency that placed me for adoption, they didn't want me to ever find my birth mother. And so while I was told that I was loved, I grew up knowing that my adopted parents had sacrificed a lot. You know, it cost a lot of money to adopt a child. And I knew that they had sacrificed a lot. But yet I always wanted to know about what about my birth mom. So when I tried to find her, I had a court order. I went to the agency they really didn't want to tell me. And um, I said, you're going to be held in contempt of court if you do not give me that information. So they finally agreed to give me the information, but the lady was really ugly. She just leaned over and said, your mother was raped. And it just about destroyed me because I started uh, I started thinking about how other people thought about me. Um, not thinking about my mother having sacrificed so much. I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about myself. And I wanted to commit suicide. I thought I wasn't worthy of anything, which was a lie. Because at that point, I was married. I had children who loved me. I had parents. I had lots of people who loved me. But yet, I'm ready to believe the devil. And so, fast forward, when I did meet my mom, she reinstilled in me that I was a gift from God. What I had heard all my life, but now my heroic mother is giving me a different viewpoint of that gift because she was the one who received the gift. And then she said she gave the gift to other parents who couldn't have children. And so I'm not saying that to sound arrogant. I'm saying that it is so humbling that God will use you no matter what you think of yourself. Um, and mothers are so vital you know, in this day and age when mothers are attacked, forced to abort, are just told that they can't do anything, I want to tell people that they can. Mothers are strong enough. Women are strong enough to be the heroes that their children need. But you have to believe that the child is a gift of God to have that mentality, yes. don't you? Yes. I mean, or at least believe that the child is part of you. This is not... You know, this is not like some groceries you don't want to pick up. You know, oh, I, I changed my mind. This is a living human being from the moment of of uh, fertilization. We have all our DNA. My mom, my mom, she knew that. She knew I was a human being. She knew that God had sent me, and she knew that I was hers, nobody else's. I bet she must have had some some personal vision of her own that God gave her about what would happen by her by her keeping you. Did she ever say anything about that? She never mentioned anything like that. She just said that at some point while she was pregnant, she knew that, you know, that God had given her the baby. She knew that um, it didn't just happen out of violence. She thought that God had seen her, her, her being harmed, he doesn't stop evil. I don't know why. That's, that's not an answer I have. 
<laughs> well, I don't have it either. Yeah, so I know that he lets us do whatever we want. Right here and now, I can do whatever I want. I'll suffer the consequences, but he gives us that right. However, when he sees somebody who has been harmed and they're crying out to him, he's on it. And so my mom had cried out to him. And it is just a special time when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that life begins with him. And it's not with really humanity. He is the author of all life. So your mom then got married uh, somewhere in her 20s. She did. And um, you're, you're gone. You've been adopted by another couple. Did you ever have a close relationship with, with your dad or your stepdad? Uh, my adopted dad. Your adopted yeah, dad. Yeah, he was the best. Um, he lived with us um, about four years before he died. And, yeah, I was a daddy's girl. So that concept of the father, I never thought about him because my dad supplied every need I had for a father. He was the best. I mean, you know, the kind of dad that he could fix everything. He knew everything. He's just, he was just the best dad. And um, so I never really cared about knowing about the father. I figured maybe it was a one night stand or, you know, I just never, I don't know. I was more concerned with my mother. Well, the beauty of this story is, uh, as I see it, is that your mom had the courage to say no to your destruction. She had the courage to say yes to whatever was was going to happen that God would permit hap- to happen to her. Um, how about this time as a little girl? Uh, you were um, you were faced with the same thing that little girls are faced with all the time, but you didn't know you, where you really came from. Did your mom, your birth mom, or did your stepmom, did she kind of coddle you along the way as well? No. <laughs> Um, she was, she was kind of a tough character, so she made me stronger. Um, I, I don't want to really attack her. She really had a lot of things going on that real, she was abused as a kid. She had a lot of things going on and God, in the beginning, I literally heard God say, forgive her. Audibly, I heard him. I was about to commit suicide. I was going to take all her medicines because she's on a lot of medicines and I heard him say, forgive her. She doesn't know what she's doing. And so another, you know, when you hear God audibly, obviously you pay attention. And so I closed the cabinet and um, my mom meant well, my adopted mom. She was talented. I learned a lot of things from her. Um, I learned strength from her and my birth mom. And so if I could say anything, my, my mom's, gave me strength and I can come up against somebody who says oh you need to do this and if I know that it's wrong I'm hard-headed from the begin (laughs) from the get-go I'm not doing it I will die before I'm going to do it just like my mom she was not going to go through with an abortion she would have rather been on the street she wouldn't do it so was I take she, that from her. Was it she that, um, or where did you meet Jesus along the way as a little girl? Was it th- through your... I don't ever remember not. I can't remember a time. I remember my um, parents telling me that when they would go to church, 
if they weren't hanging on to me really tight, I was making a, as they used to say, beeline for the altar. And as I grew, I would talk to the Lord. I didn't, I didn't know him, know him, but I would talk to this creator of mine. Um, Who let you come into the world. Yeah, he, he made me for a purpose. So when I learned that I was conceived in rape, it almost destroyed me. And I asked him, so did you really do this? Did you really make me or are people right? Am I a demon seed? Did, did this, you know, is this of your purpose? And I heard him say, I have placed you in the camp of the enemy to glorify my name. Wow. Let me tell you, that's going to just bump you up a notch and go, oh, I can do this. There's not anything in this world that I can't find a solution for or I can't stand with him. I just... I'm an encourager, so I want to encourage people out there. If you're going through something, just seek him because he's our beginning and he is our end. He is the beginning and he is the end. And there's just nothing else. And our strength is going to come from him alone. Other strength that we think, you know, we're doing yoga, we're doing whatever kind of things that the world wants to throw at us in substitution. But... That's not going to last. You're going to get to a a really hard place in life, and that's not going to be good enough because it's not truth. But when truth is standing there with you, there's not anything that's going to budge you. So that's my mom. My mom knew the truth, and she was not going to be budged. When you go back and think, think through these issues that you face today, did you ever think that God was going to use you in a special way? Did you ever say, dear gracious God, you've, you've preserved me for this day and for this time. What is it that you want of me? Or did it just all of a sudden appear to you that there are other people in the world that came to this world like you? They need to be cared for as well. What about that? Well, like I said, I didn't really know him, know him. And so I needed to get to learn him more. Because at that point, I didn't really know what he wanted or anything and, you know, just all over the place. So there's a portion in my life that's a train wreck. Uh, and that's another story. But I got to the point where um, I met my mother. And I didn't ever want to tell anybody ever in my life I was conceived in rape. That was a secret I was always going to keep. Up till that point. Up to that point. Well, it wasn't even that point. Um it was a little bit before that when I had um, learned at the uh, agency. And I was a, a praise team, um, on the praise team. And one one Sunday I was standing up there and I hear in my head, not audibly, in my head, tell your story. I'm not telling, I'm arguing with God. I am not going to tell my story. I'm not telling anybody. Well, this may not be with everybody else, but... When I don't say yes to God, he punches me in the stomach. I know that sounds totally insane, but I get this sucker punch in my gut. I'm like, ah, and I knew he's going to keep punching me until I'm like on the floor yelling mercy. And so I was up there. And so in my little attitude, I said, well, I have to be in order, right? He tells us to be in order. So I'm going to go and ask the pastor in this little really nasty little attitude towards God. It was really bad. He should have punched me and let me fall to the ground. But anyway, so I thought, 
I'm just going to go right up there, right now, right in the middle of everything. And I'm going to say, I need to tell my story. Like a goofball, right? And he's just going to say, honey, you know, get back over there. I knew he was going to say that. You're a pastor. That's what you tell him. Not right now. Right? Now, what are you doing? All right. So I get up there and I go over there all confident, you know, that he's going to tell me no. Get back over there. And he says, here. I was so mad at God. Like, what are you doing? All this arguing in my head. And then I don't know what I said. I said whatever I said. Can't remember. And I think that's because I think that God wants to always have the last word. So you don't know what you said. But it helped people. And from that point on, it has been ministry to help other people. Oh, well, that's wonderful that you saw uh, the, the hand of God working through something that was very clumsy and ugly to call you to do care for do other it. people. <laughs> yes. But now I love helping people. I met you a number of years ago, and you were at that particular point ministering to people that I did not know existed in the world. Well, you probably just uncovered them when they were trying to cover themselves. Exactly. How did all that happen? I just start telling my story, and more people say, hey, would you come and tell your story at my place? Would you come here? So when I would go, every single time I was anywhere telling my story, there'd be one to five people coming up to me after it was all over with and saying, I have your story. I've never told anybody in my life. Is that normal where people will keep the story to themselves unless they believe that God in some way can use this? Even if God can use it, sometimes they don't want to because they don't want all of the attacks. If you just look at Facebook any given time and somebody's giving their story, um, there's attacks. There's a beautiful little boy. Um, his mom was brutally raped and left for dead. And she loves the kid. He's beautiful. And her husband loves him and said, this is my child that God gave us. This is not a rapist kid. Why are you calling this a rapist kid? This is my son. This is the father talking. And they will attack her. They will attack the child. They will attack the husband. Um, so a lot of Because they think that that child They is... hate the child. Why? It's satanic. Because nobody planned for us to be here. Nobody except God. Our mothers didn't want to be raped. There's not a father wanting to create a family. So God is the only one who wanted a rape-conceived child here. It's so hard for me on this side of the of the ledger to to know that a baby is being created inside of a mother and that she could ever even conceive of aborting that child. And then on top of that, that the child is conceived in rape. But you've uncovered something that uh, that I that I didn't know about until you uncovered it. Me either. <laughs> I'd never heard of it either. But it's a, it's beautiful that these people have a place to go. They say, yes, there's somebody living in the state of Texas somewhere um, who has been through this, and she's very very mouthy about it. And but she's very loving about it. How, how wonderful an experience these people must have when they meet you and know that you've been through what they are going through, and you can do it with confidence. Um, the the biggest thing that sh that shocked me was that um, there are women who are needing help so badly 
that nobody around them believes that they were even raped because they want this child. Well, if you were raped, you wouldn't want this child. I have found the love of mothers for their rape-conceived child is unbelievable to most people. And that's where I'm trying to help. I I have talked to almost 500, and it, it keeps astonishing me. The love is beyond anything. And then when you get these mothers together, they're bragging worse than any other mother I've ever met. Just on and on embarrassing. My mom was doing that. Just embarrassing. Oh, look at my daughter and this. And everybody else is doing the same thing. And their kids, a lot of them are very talented. I have noticed some, they're not, they're not rapists. They're not murderers. They're not thieves. They are good people who are contributing. Doctors, lawyers, um, all kinds of people that are just amazing. Judy, you have kind of uncovered uh, something that I don't know that I've ever heard anyone uncover, but you've created a ministry out of it. And as a result of it, your hearts are, your heart is always open for ladies or men who have come up from rape conditions. What do you tell the, the people of the listening audience? There's someone out there hurting badly and doesn't know what to do. Tell them what to do. So if you are conceived in rape, you are worth as much as anybody else because God made you. You have a purpose. For the mothers who are carrying a baby or you have a child who's conceived in a rape, but you just don't know what to say, call us, 281-451-8460, 281-451-8460, or choices, that's the number four, life.org. What would you say to a young lady, um, who's bearing a child today that everyone is forcing her to to, uh, to um, abort. What do you tell her confidently from your heart of hearts, what she should be thinking and how how Jesus can truly make a difference in her life? Jesus died to save us. And I'm asking you to live for your child. You will never regret giving life to your child. That baby will love you and be ever, ever great. We all want to be heroes. Here is that opportunity. I'd like to just, as we come to the last couple minutes of our, of our discussion, um, tell me a little bit about your mom that I don't know. She had a very, very hard life. She um, had mental issues after the rape. Um, she had shock therapy. Um, she prayed for 48 years that she would be able to see me again. And um, she died. I was the last person with her. Um, she was the first person with me. So God fulfilled what he needed to do in her life. How wonderful it is that you can look back upon the joy of finding your mom and tears that flowed and the joy that you experienced um, that probably very few people can really comprehend simply because of the depth of what she went through to bring you into the world. Even I can't even imagine what that was like. She said she was left for dead. So, Well, Judah, we've just got less than a minute left, and I just want to say thank you. You're always you. kind of like lighting a, a wick. <laughs> Or, or maybe it's a firecracker. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I have heard that a 
few times. But <laughs> but the joy but the joy of you being here just to tell your story again to people um who desperately need to hear the message of hope that God has placed in your heart through your loving mom. And you in the listening audience, thank you for being with us today, and thank you for listening. And for all the moms in the listening audience, happy Mother's Day, and may the joy of Jesus never desist and resist in your life. Thank you. Come back again to Engaging Truth. Good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.